0: I'll tell you, John, this has been a very interesting evening for me. Well, I've been I'm really... Oh, incidentally, around. there's one of your biggest fans sitting out there. That's John Pate, our chief engineer. Hi, John, how are you? And,
1: and he Frank, has... to
0: ORS here. <laughs> and he has listened to you for years and years and years, and he is a big, big fan. So has Frank Steele. Oh, Frank, Frank, with oh, Frank yeah. Frank is sitting there glowing because he's had the pleasure of being there all night long staring at you in profile. Yeah. Ah, <laughs> well, what is it? Oh, you got oh, the book? He's got the book. In God We Trust. Oh, got, well, that's the... Uh, he's got the original hardcover version. Yeah, he does. Have uh, you got an autograph? He's about to. You'll be, uh, bring it in. Be I'll autograph. be delighted to autograph. You know, I was so pleased when uh, they brought out uh, Wanda and In God We Trust, the sister volumes, you know, this... Yeah. Uh, dolphin thing, and uh, I, uh, it's been, in the recent years, it's been used in uh, most universities, you know, in American lit courses and so on, and I, I uh, got a funny letter, what's the matter? I got a very funny letter the other day, a kid wrote me a letter, and he says, I'm in this American lit course, and he said, uh, they just gave us an exam on, in God we trust, Hmm. All of us pay cash, and he says, "He said I thought you'd like to see it." And here was this this mimeographed exam that uh, you know, when all done, it was about 50 questions, like, uh, uh, "What is meant in chapter five by this expression?" and "What do you think the author meant by this?" Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, a typical exam. And I, I looked at the exam. <laughs> see, so remember, I wrote the book. So he says, "I wonder what kind of a grade you'd get on it." So I looked at the exam and I went down and I I, I filled out all the stuff and I realized I failed an exam on my own work. Uh. I got 67 on the test. (laughs) (laughs) Are you you, 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 you in in library sales? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. In fact, uh, probably it's hard to say. See, the Dolphin edition, which is a different thing from the hardcover edition, the Dolphin edition is not a uh, is not a standard paperback. It's what yeah. they call a library university big. It's a big paperback. Right. It's a four dollar paperback. You know, with the yeah. with a slick cover. And in, it's uh, like Serker puts out in Dover Publications. Yeah, Bind- wow, well binding and all. Right. It's the kind mm-hmm. of thing that yeah. they buy uh, if you go to a college bookstore. You know, for a, for a, for a text and so yeah. on. And it's mm-hmm. a real fine edition. But in this uh, in this. Another thing, Lee just handed me a note I should tell you about this, that uh, I had a fantastic thing happen to me recently as a result of this book, of of, uh, Wanda Hickey. Mm -hmm. I got a call from the medical department uh, of uh, the University of West Virginia, and we began a conversation by the mail, and it turns out that the psychiatric division there uses Wanda Hickey and In God We Trust in their psychiatric work with teenagers. For a number of reasons, uh, they, uh, they uh, the kids read this, people who are closed within themselves, particular kids who tend to draw within themselves, and they, they give them this to read, and the psychiatrist then begins to work with them. We're using these stories as a premise. Rather than to talk about this kid's life, they talk about the life of the kids in this book, uh-huh. you see. And it opens them all up, and so they were really interested in that because of what they consider the, the accurate literary insights into the feelings of, of a teenager within a family unit, mm-hmm. uh, the way he really is. As opposed to the way uh, most literature treats a kid, which is not really uh, Holden Caulfield, for example, in Catching the Rye* has no relationship to any known teenager. Mm, this is good. a 42-year-old man walking around talking about phonies, and so, nevertheless, uh, the 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 upshot, of it was that, I went out and I gave a, a lecture to the uh, to the psychiatrist out there about. Uh, About this, uh, about teenagers and humor and self satire, which is a very interesting feel to me. I mean, uh, satirizing yourself at all times under uh, continuing running. See, many kids do this, and their parents can't understand this. The kid is talking about himself in satirical terms, he sees himself as a comic figure. And uh, we had a very interesting session out there, and a couple of days later, I got a letter from the department. And as a result of all this that I'm going through, I've been just appointed a professor out there. Well, congratulations. Clinical right. behavioral medicine. Clinical and behavioral medicine. Yes. Well, you know, part of what you're saying, I think, is that they are using this uh, as a form of psychodrama. Not really, Candy, because psychodrama, you see, is, is a... Is another thing. It's it's where patients act out things. Mm-hmm. This is not at all that. See, these people have already acted this out. It's sort He'll hear this story. For example, a kid will be will be assigned by his analyst, or the guy that's working with him, to read. We'll say the story of the lady's lamp. Yeah. Well, then he will. The kid will read this story, and he he sees the kid see the eye is a kid in the story and he lives through this whole relationship and it's a very real one you see the 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 writing is very vivid you know it catches him and pulls him in and then later on the analyst will say well now do you he'll talk to him on not about himself but about these people he'll say now did you do you think the mother did that purposely and um Do you think that the, you know, and the next thing you know, the kid's talking about the mothers, and he's talking about the kid, and almost immediately he relates that then to his mother and his brother, and the next thing you know, it all starts coming out, and the, the, these, these, uh, these stories, particularly in God We Trust, has been used extensively Mm -hmm. in the uh, psychiatric world, uh, as a, as a, really specifically with teenagers. Not not older people. Older people uh, often will listen. To, you notice this woman called in and she said it was a touching story. A kid doesn't see it as touching. He sees it as very funny. That that a woman will see that and she'll probably relate to the mother and father. Well, she was half weeping. I mean, you could well, that's hear tears right, see? in her voice. And it's, it's funny because a kid will read that and find it an extremely funny story. And now I'm sure that this lady listening to us can't understand why they find that funny. Uh, I must be retarded. I thought it was hilarious. Well, a lot of people, uh, it's very funny. I, I've had I've had stories like I, when I was at, uh, did a show at Princeton here two weeks ago. And I told one of the stories I told. And, of course, when I do them on stage, it's a whole different game. I act out the characters. I'm just sitting here now. But I act the father when I do the, the lamp, you know. And I act the kids. And I act the, the, the guy that delivers it. I act them all out. Well, I did the, the story of uh, Ludlow Kissel and the the ultimate aerial bomb, which was a story of Fourth of July. And Ludlow Kissel was a drunk. Yeah. And he had this fantastic. All of a sudden, he appeared out of the darkness on Fourth of July with the biggest bomb that anyone had ever seen. And he's drunk in a coat, and he starts to light it. Well. You know, everybody's laughing. You see, they're really flipping over this thing. Well, after the show, and it was meant to be funny, see, this nice lady came back and she said, that was such a touching story about that poor man. <laughs> <laughs> and and so, so humor is that way. See, it's not comedy. Comedy's not humor. Uh-huh. I'm dealing with humor. Uh-huh. Humor, one person hears a story and he thinks of it as the saddest thing he's ever heard. And he loves it for its sadness, remember The other person sitting right next to him is flipping and falling out of his chair. He thinks it's the funniest thing he's ever heard. And that is specifically what humor is. Humor is a story in which the laugh is the byproduct of what is told, not the end result. Comedy, the laugh is the end result. Mm -hmm. So, So humor lasts a lot longer in people's memory than comedy, and that's why John here will remember that story for 15 years, it really—it's it, made a, a, a true impression. Comedy doesn't. You can't remember one thing George Carlin said last week. You can—you think it's funny as hell. You're sitting there laughing, and, and two days later, you say, "Well, what did he say?" Well, I can't tell you, but he's really great. Uh, you you know, mean mm-hmm. who can? You know who? But comedy is—is—is—is—is—is—is—is is, 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 is very, very perishable. If you've ever listened to a saw record. They're unintelligible. Of the days when he was big during the, you know, the Eisenhower period, they just mm-hmm. are meaningless. But you read Mark Twain 100 years ago, and that stuff is right on. So humor is universal. Comedy is very perishable and only of the moment. Uh, Robert Klein will be forgotten in two years.